we are one day away from having new restrictions imposed on us if the numbers keep going the way they're going. You indicated a couple of weeks back you uh, wanted Governor J.B. Pritzker to go a little bit easier to not completely shut down indoor bar and restaurant service. Have you talked to the governor about this with these new mitigations uh, looking pretty likely at this point? I've talked to the governor's office. I haven't talked to him directly and, of course, shared my opinion uh, with regards to that. And it's a matter of uh, really uh, thinking about where we're at and how we can uh, make sure we don't go over the cliff on the economic standpoint, and then uh, try to mitigate, um, you know, the spread as we move along. So that's the comments I made previously. I think you should separate bars from restaurants because we've looked at both, and the, the bars or some bars clearly violations with gathering, and it really, I guess, embraces uh, gatherings with open spaces, you know, uh, you have bands and things of that nature. And so that's what I'd prefer instead of uh, lumping them together and banning indoor dining uh, if they're following CDC guidelines. Did, did you try to talk to, to the governor directly? Can you not get him to return your call at this point, or what's going well, actually, on? Actually, uh, this is my proven method that worked. <laughs> so I'm sure he's getting a lot of calls. And actually, I worked through, uh, you know, the Illinois Municipal League and, you know, have a pretty good uh, connection with, uh, you know, my local contact. But uh, I haven't tried calling him directly because I'm sure he's bombarded. And uh, they do uh, get the information to them. And I think, you know, he's, he's always made it pretty clear they're going to listen to the health professionals. And so, uh, but there is, a, you know, when we started this, uh, um, this voyage that we're all in, uh, you know, we have more information now than we first started back in uh, March. And uh, I think we should take a look at things. And they're talking that uh, from every level, national level on the way down. You can look at what Dr. Fashi's saying. And he's saying, you know, you should... Uh, figure out how you can work through the pandemic. You know, you can really uh, determine where the uh, spread's happening and try to do that by zip code or they're even in New York. I think they're looking at neighborhoods. But I think that's what uh, the frustrating part for any mayor throughout the country is, you know, like for our own county, I know for the county, I can't uh, necessarily speak to Springfield numbers, but we know from the county level we have 23 hospitalizations, but we're impacted because we're in the Region 3 but also we're a regional provider with our hospitalizations, uh, with our great hospitals that we have. So what's that capacity at in comparison to where we were? And can you draw any type of correlation? Yeah, but if the if the hospitals are filling up, and they're not there yet, but we also know that hospitalizations lag behind new cases, uh, sometimes by uh, several weeks. If the hospitals are filling up, does it really matter where the patients are coming from? If I need a hospital bed and there isn't one available, I'm I'm in a world of hurt at that point. Well, that's where it all started, and I know the hospitals uh, at the beginning, um, you know, they built out to prepare for the worst. Fortunately, we never got to that point, and so it ended up putting them on the brink financially. So that's what uh, I'm talking about when you're taking a look at where we were, uh, how's that compared to where we were compared to where we are now? Is the hospitalization capacity greater? Is it the same? What is it? And then uh, where are we at with regards to the paradigm of hospitalizations? You know, ICU, you leach. Uh, what's happening now compared to uh, April, May, June. And so uh, so that's what I think you can really uh, depend on the data to really hopefully uh, paint a clearer picture of where what direction we're heading towards. Uh, the governor reiterated today and it sounded like he was making it pretty clear he's not going to back away from these uh, restrictions in areas where we're seeing this 8% positivity rate. Assuming we hit that tomorrow, which at this point seems likely, 
What does the city do in response? I know you're concerned about the economic impact of that. Should should bars and restaurants defy this order here like they're doing in some parts of the state? No, I'm not telling anybody to defy an order. I think uh, that's what we'll have to take a look at. I'll have to get with Chief Riney and uh, Winslow and make a determination. Uh, when you hit that third uh, time frame or that third day, um, you know, I'm not sure if it, I think there's a time period uh, where you do take the enforcement action, but that's something that uh, we would have to visit and make a determination how best to approach uh, what's ahead of us. Yeah, it, it won't be immediate, but uh, does, does that mean that you would utilize uh, city police, uh, uh, Chief Riney, and the fire department, maybe your role as liquor commissioner to uh, enforce these restrictions if they are imposed by the state? Well, that's what we'd have to take a look at. Again, uh, my preference would be uh, with the bars, without a doubt. I think uh, with the restaurants, I think that's a different situation. Um, you know, I've asked uh, Chief Riney and, uh, to go in with the inspectors as much as possible prior to any action being taken and re-educate uh, the restaurants, make sure they are compliant, and make a determination. Hopefully, uh, you know, the governor's office is reconsidering uh, the proper actions to take. I think everybody throughout the state, uh, mayors I know, are, uh, you know, trying to determine how best to make sure that you don't go over the edge. Because the way I look at it, and hopefully the way the governor looks at it, or the state, or everybody should look at it, is, um, you know, you're dealing with the virus, and plus, where's the infection coming from? Um, my understanding, if you're sitting at a table with your family uh, and you're distant from everybody, you do the protocol, uh, you're not, your uh, ability to spread is pretty minimal. And, uh, you know, they can dispute that all they want, but that's what I've been told through different uh, experts uh, with relation to that. So when you're closing a restaurant and they are following the guidelines, these restaurants are going to go out of business. And these are long-term restaurants, been around for decades in Springfield. So what's the impact of doing that? And so if you left them open and they're following CDC guidelines, what's the impact, the true impact of that? And so that's what you're looking at, because what's going to happen is you go one way or the other, there's definitely going to be some impact, and you're closing restaurants, people are going to lose their job, um, and it's going to have an economic um, crisis on our hands where people are out of work, they could get evicted, they could end up on the streets, who knows what. And so uh, the mental stress to individuals that I've heard about, uh, especially owners and you know, families or individuals they have employed during their existence, and it's just, uh, you know, that's the other side of the coin that everybody, uh, not everybody pays attention to that definitely needs to uh, be looked at. You know, the governor says he's talking to his experts. He's got the state's public health director and he's got doctors at, you know, some of the leading hospitals in Chicago saying, you know, we, we have to take some of these steps. When you talk about the experts you've talked to uh, saying that it's not particularly risky to, to be there at a distant table uh, in a restaurant, who, who are you talking to? Where are you getting that information from? Well, I, I participate in U.S. Conference of Mayors. Uh, you know, I'm participating in the Harvard Bloomberg. Uh, you know, again, I'll refer to Dr. Pashi, there's a way to work through the mitigation. You know, how, did, how what, uh, what makes that happen? Right now, it's my understanding that a large uh, way that uh, the infection spreading is through social gatherings at home or, you know, when people are having their friends over, they seem to let down their guard. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, that's really the main um, uh, driver for the spread as far as, uh, you know, everybody thought when schools went into session that they would be a uh, driver for uh, the spread, 
And that's proven not to be the case. And so that's where the importance of data comes into play. And so if we've opened up the outdoor dining and indoor dining's been open for months now, why didn't the spread happen right then? But we did see because cases go up in, in July. I mean, within two weeks after the, the bars and restaurants opened up, cases started going up here in Sangamon County. They've gone up a lot faster in October when the weather got colder. But we were seeing cases going up not long after bars and restaurants reopened for indoor service. Well, they did go up, but uh, not exponentially that we're experiencing now. So what's causing it now? Well, the weather and, got uh, colder. Are more people eating indoors now than we're eating indoors in August and, and well, that's July? The importance of, that's the importance of tracing. That's the importance of really finding, you know, for us locally, we had Brother James Court. That was a large driver. Prior to that, it was senior areas, things of that nature, which drove those numbers. And so that's where you really have to dive into the numbers and see where it's telling us. Is that truly coming from the restaurants? Uh, or is there a different area it's coming from? But that's what we need to pinpoint and draw those correlations to, you know, hospitalizations. But you're right. The one thing that everybody can agree upon, that's what the driver is that we have to be very cautious of, is the hospitalizations. Because everybody has to have a bed to be in or whatever the case may be. So uh, that's really what we want to prevent. So that's why we encourage everybody to, when they're around their friends and families, you know, it might sound strange, but when my granddaughter comes over to visit, I have my mask on because, uh, you know, I'm in a different realm than what they are. And so that's what we encourage everybody to do. You can't, uh, you know, if you're with friends, you don't know where they've been. When I get home from work, I shower and do all the precautionary measures. Chief Winslow, I know he does the same. You have to have that precautionary guard up at all times. doesn't matter who you're with. Uh, you need to keep everybody safe, and that will keep our spread from uh, – expediting. Mayor, I want to clarify one point. Uh, earlier on, you were talking about bars, and then you said restaurants are a different situation. Uh, now, what what does that mean exactly? Does that mean you're going to be maybe less strict with restaurants in terms of these new mitigations that may be coming down than you would be with bars? Well, uh, you know, it just depends on what the dictate is that comes down, you know, so... Well, we can assume uh, it's going to be what it's been that, in every other place, uh, every region of the state, which is no indoor bar and restaurant service. I mean, there's no reason to think it'll be any different. So. Well, you know, like in Chicago, they had it where you just allowed to open till 10 o'clock or something of that nature. So I think uh, that's what you take a look at, uh, you know, and making sure that uh, they are following CDC guidelines. So... Uh, we'll have to determine what, you know, what the order is that comes down and uh, see how best to handle it as far as that goes. When this all started, of course, it is a health pandemic, and it's uh, been thrust into the local enforcement action when we do not have any, um, you know, access, complete access to information. And that's the frustrating part of all this is the enforcement that we've gone back and forth on. So, again, it's been thrust upon the local mayors or the leaders. That's fine. But uh, we need to make sure that we keep everybody safe as best as possible. And what is the best approach to take as we move forward? Because whatever action is taken, it does have a domino impact on people's health. And I'm talking economic health because that does impact people physically, emotionally. And uh, that's for years to come. And we will be having a study, I'm sure. That's my prediction. We will. This will be studied on what the true impact of the actions have been taken on people from the economic health aspect and then from the virus aspect. So that's the double-edged sword that we're dealing with that we'll, we're, we're going to put our best foot forward 
to keep everybody safe in that realm. In the meantime, what's your message to the community about the best way to help these bars and restaurants if they do have restrictions placed on the level of service they can provide? What should the community do to try to rally around these businesses? Well, I did mention that at the state of the city, and actually, you know, we have great local support of our event, our restaurants and bars and things of that nature. I'd ask people to dine out one extra time, even if it's carry out. Uh, you know, uh, my wife does a lot of carry out. If we do, that's her prefer- preference. Uh, but I think that's what I'd encourage everybody to do: is uh, support your local businesses. Same with the retailers. I mean, we're coming up on our, uh, you know, what we. Re- uh, rely upon is our sales tax revenue. Now we're at the peak end where we have the most sales tax revenue coming up with the Christmas holiday season. So hopefully people will support the local uh, retail establishments, restaurants, uh, bars as much as possible with carryout or online orders, do it locally, pick it up locally. uh, So we do make it through and they can see the other side to next year. One last question uh, to, on the winter warming shelter. It's supposed to open this Sunday, but the Salvation Army doesn't have a contract yet. There's been no final approval from the city council. Can that open on time on Sunday? Who's going to be manning it, and, and how does that work? Yeah, first, uh, I'd like to thank Fifth Street Renaissance, Penny Harris. She's, you know, they've operated the cooling center, and now they've agreed to uh, uh, man the winter warming center, That well, the cooling center, and allow people that want to have a warmer place to stay overnight. They did open it up until the uh, Salvation Army facility opens November 1st, but they are working towards that. And, uh, you know, they can uh, open it up. Uh, I think I did talk to Captain Eddie, and they're looking at, uh, you know, allowing uh, operations when the funding's available or as the funding is available. So that's the approach they're uh, uh, using as a move towards that November 1st date. We do meet, I think, uh, that Wednesday, which is a few days later. And so... Um, so are they going to do it uh, before there's a, a approval of a contract? Well, uh, that's what they're pushing towards. So we're going to work with them. I did tell them that we will cover their expenses associated with opening up. Uh, you know, I guaranteed that because we have to do something and we need to move in that position. So if the council doesn't take action on that, um, you know, we do have the authority to, uh, you know, spend dollars to operate in that capacity, so that does give us a little bit of flexibility with the, their ability to open up and meet that deadline. Mayor, appreciate the time as always. Thanks. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Have a good day.